Welcome, Wade Vetterberg, to the Minx and Muse podcast. Thank you so so much for joining. Thank you. This is great. Like I was telling you earlier, this is my first one ever. So I'm truly honored to be here. Thank you. I can't believe, especially with all of the things that you do on social media, that this is actually your first podcast. So happy to pop that cherry. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I've been asked. (laughs) I just like, I guess there's a few things like I've been apprehensive about because uh, I don't know how it would go. And also like, uh, it's sort of like, you know, it's raw me and I don't go live very often or do anything like that either. So it's unfiltered. This is the unfiltered version, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, I'm overdue. So it's time. Yes. Uh, Well, such an honor. Thank you for agreeing because I reached out to you on Instagram. We've been chatting for a while, but I have actually been to your shop. That's how we initially met. So the name of your shop shop is Soledago. Yes. It's in San Marcos. For those (laughs) who are not local to Austin, that's about 45 minutes outside of Austin-ish, an hour outside of Austin, depending where you are. Depending on traffic. <laughs> Depending on traffic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh... So. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask you to just spill the beans. Tell spill. us about, like, <laughs> yes, what is, what does Soledago mean? And yeah. perhaps you want to just also share what inspired you to open it and whatever you were about to say before I rudely interrupted you. You didn't interrupt. Um, I, yeah, Soledago um, is the Latin genus of the plant goldenrod, um, and it means to make whole, to make solid. And, um, you know, in the stuff that we do, magic, witchcraft, herbalism, um, I feel like that was the kind of umbrella name for my mission as well. You know, like, it's a place where you go to make yourself whole in some way, you know, in the triangle of life, which can maybe have a corner kind of tilted in career or, you know, health or family. Um, And, you know, I just wanted to be a place where I could express my hobbies and my spirituality. Um, But also I was in a really like crazy um, situation living in New York City the last eight years and working in healthcare and the pandemic and just like everything kind of cataclysmically fell apart. And I was just like, I want to just do something that's authentically me, unapologetically me. And uh, then I had a death in the family. And um, that brought me back where I, you know, when I was here, I was thinking like, um, I love it here. I love the way I feel here. And uh, even though, you know, things were challenging during that time, I had some level of peace coming back. And um, so I quit my job. And um, you know, just put all my savings into the store. And here we are a year later, almost I signed my lease in October of last year and opened in January. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I was a scientist, lab scientist to work in, in the hospital, like very practical person. And then just shifted entirely to my art and my spirituality and, you know, by proxy of all the things that happened in my life during that time. And it ended up being an amazing choice. So I'm, I'm very happy. My gosh, that's like, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of this, that just 
leaving your corporate job and opening a little witch shop in a small <laughs> cute town is like everyone's hallmark movie dream <laughs> i'm still waiting on my mailman or some other <laughs> person that's going to come into the store and steal me away but uh if that yeah, happens yeah, then i am in hallmark dream it, it happened <laughs> Just the, the local woodworker coming by and just, you know, <laughs> you just happen to see that amazing mortar and pestles he makes. And right. You know, yes. <gasps> that is that is what I'm looking for. I'm drawing it all Literally, in. Literally, <laughs> someone write that script and through some chaos magic, we will manifest this for you. My best friend is working on it. She's like, I'm, this has to be a movie, you know? And it's like, I want the same storyline, you know? I wasn't given any of those narratives growing up. It's time. I want to have the, I want to be the practical magic man. <laughs> yes, I want this for you as well. And I feel like Sam Marcos has a lot of, I'd say younger people, for those who don't know, there's a college there. And is it my understanding that you are one of the first really like openly witchy uh, shops to you know, there's a few to open there? San Marcos is a very spiritual place, you know, with all the allusions mm. to purgatory, uh, the parks name that the river, uh, the university draws a lot of open minded folks. Um, it right. really has a lot to offer in that way. And actually, there are a few shops in town that offer similar things. We all have a different thing to offer you know what i mean everyone has a different perspective and yeah so there's actually crystals and herbs and tea and zen and uh acupuncture and everything you could imagine here i love it because i feel like i've been out there a bunch of time and and this was the first time i heard a buzz of you have to go check out the shop so okay. you're doing a great job that the buzz <laughs> reached me before i had heard of any other locations there so that's awesome that you're building a community and so i know that your shop is beautiful and when i visited we talked you had sourced a lot of this beautiful furniture from san antonio mm -hmm. Yeah, I love which is the you know, way to do it. Magic of the Middle Ages is my whole thing. Like, and my vision with it was, you know, I do want it to have this appeal that's like inherently light and bright and embodies some of the ideas people have about magic, you know, from a fantasy sense. But, you know, my practice is largely within the magic of the Middle Ages. I'm obsessed. So I wanted it to have this sort of like brooding Baroque undertone of like something deeper is happening here. You know what I mean? Where people feel something when they walk in and um yeah so that's kind of what my vision was for it when i was putting it together and i'm in a hundred year old building so it came with the added benefit of having those beautiful built-ins and the wood floor or that creaks and the skeleton key all that kind of stuff uh and even you have to go around the back of the building to get in so it has that almost like witchy speakeasy feel to it so you know, I haven't even gotten a sign in the front. It's been almost a year because I love that, like, you have to seek it out. I love that it's something that you have to be drawn to. And I, I secretly call it the Rose Garden because the only people that are allowed in are roses. You got to find your way into it. 
And so I never have put a sign out, although my landlord is ready for me to do that and has been like, is there ever a sign coming? <laughs> but I'm <laughs> like, okay, well, I just, uh, I feel like signs are a talisman in their own way. And I want to be very thoughtful with it and very careful before it's like, okay, this is to the general public, you know, because I think that very um, unique individuals are seeking it out, you know, practitioners that are, you know, truly wanting to deepen in their practice or find, you know, niche things are coming there. That's the, pe that's, those are the people that are interested in it. Um, I get people that are new to it too and curious also, but I would say that most people that come are uh, people who are like established in their practice and just wanting tools or wanting, you know, a fresh start or, you know, get inspiration or something new kind of thing. And it's always nice to support someone like mine and local versus like Amazon shipments. Oh, I God. <laughs> I, Amazon <laughs> is, is the worst. I mean, all of the, <laughs> with everything going on in the world right now, I mean, that is one of my, you know, big archetypes is this liberation from the beast that is the whole thing, you know, pushing us into the brackets. You know, me going from that sort of like, healthcare bureaucracy, uh, corporate uh, thumb over my head to absolutely being in control of everything I'm doing has felt so liberating. And to me, that is also witchcraft. It's, it's mundane in its own way, but the core of witchcraft is to liberate, you know, and to make us live our true purposes and get higher and higher in our authenticity. I, I truly believe that. I love that. Well, we're going to, I believe that we use our voices through how we spend our money. And we're going to actually talk a little bit more about money in a little bit, but I want to just circle back because you mentioned, and I know everyone's like, what does this mean? How you mentioned you're really obsessed with medieval. Oh yeah. Magic. Magic and ages, how yeah. about, you, yes. How about you tell us all about this and perhaps how this is a unique form <clears> of magic. Well, um, you know, during, during that time, uh, and the time period that I'm like particularly interested in would probably be about the year 1000 to the late 1400s. Um, the things that were documented during that time are some of the only things that were like truly preserved in Western mystic traditions, Western mystic ideas, uh, because everything was kind of thrown either lost from you know the library of alexandria or whatever before and then everything afterwards was was either thrown away discarded considered heretical uh so we just have this very like window look at one period of time and may some you know the criticism i have a theory that i have a theory that all all of that from the library of alexandria is actually preserved in the vatican but uh, so i don't think it's been destroyed yeah i you know that, the, the biggest that, occultist in the world the catholics would not burn all of that that wisdom that's my thought for sure and like honestly if people are interested in magic of the middle ages looking at catholicism and looking at orthodox uh church systems there's so much in it that was from before you know to have sorry people i interrupted you oh no yes, no you're, yes, you're fine yes. um and honestly that that is a, a place to look honestly i i get so much inspiration from that because that's some of the only stuff that was left and i you know i was gonna 
say earlier that some people critique magic of the Middle Ages because it's somewhat of a like uh, Christian fever dream of the idea of what witchcraft is. Um, but I fucking love it. Like, I, <laughs> I think that it's, uh, I love the brood of it. I love the undertone of power in darkness. Uh, I'm not afraid of darkness. I'm also not afraid of hell. I'm not afraid of the things within it. They are. Um, and that's the key difference between us, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's not that I worship things from hell or even think about anything from that Pantheon at all. I actually, you know, don't really subscribe to any deities or anything like that. I'm very earth centric, but the practices are so artful. Uh, there's so much math. There's so much, um, you know, intricacy in the drawings and in the poetry and the process. Um, and, you know, that's really where like these systems of uh, like, quote unquote, high magic were developed, but that's incredibly hierarchical and also bullshit. You know, I, I don't necessarily think there is a difference between high and low magic. I think it's magic is magic is magic. You can make magic break baking bread in your kitchen you know uh, it does, you don't have to have a full-on ritual but the ritual aspects of it and those processes with the planets or talismans or tools and the that intricacy it, it just makes my heart sing i think it's beautiful and part of why i love the shop too you know and that illusion of the rose that i kind of talked about earlier is also really deeply tied in the magic of the middle ages too you know it the roses of god the rose is also Mary. The rose is the black earth, the thorns, you know, protection, sp deep spiritual protection, but also this like vulnerability and sweetness and beauty. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of the inspiration that kind of is the core of my practice. And I love things to be beautiful. And I love things to have sort of an undertone of like, do I really want to go there? Like you have to seek it out if you want it. I love I love all of this. This is so fascinating. And I love that you bring up the darkness because that's something we talk about at the studio a lot. We immerse in the dark feminine and, and how um, the, the darkness is not evil and the darkness, we shouldn't fear it. It's 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 actually where so much of our power lies. It's the subconscious. It's the void of creation. It is, you know, the, the mystery is the magic and and so I do believe that certain systems have conditioned us to try to fear the darkness, but that's a, a controlling system because they want us to, to fear where our power lies. 100%. I am right there with you. And I think that's why I wanted to be on this podcast with you because I've seen your openness and understanding and discourse and uh, information on that. And it's like, you know, uh, you you have made a comment on one of your posts not too long ago that was like, don't confuse toxic positivity with someone who understands how to regulate their emotions. And yes. I really, truly connected with that because um, I believe love is the greatest power of all, but we can't. Uh, you know, love can be acting through our anger. It can be acting through our sadness. It can be acting through our fear because your fear wanted you to be safe. Your anger wanted justice. Your sadness wanted, meant something meant something. It meant something had value and you venerate and you grieve. You know what I mean? So I don't actually see the shadow 
as shadow at all. It's literally an undercurrent that's incredibly important. I dip my feet in it. I love it, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between I'm I recently did a video on people who are like, I'm just a a white witch. I'm only dealing in the good and how problematic that is to just say like, well, white is good and black is bad. But also this idea that I don't want to, I don't want to deal with 50% of the human experience, you know, the, the, the lightness and the dark, the sun and the moon, the yin and the yang. Um, it's, it's quite ignorant to think that you're living fully in your magic when you're not willing to, to, when you're turning it off, when the sun goes down. That is such a great way to put it. I love, it's like, um, you know, why be awake when you can dream? Like you wouldn't do just one if you, if you had an option, you know, you want the full, spectrum and i love the spectrum of emotions there and i think a lot of people are scared of it because it doesn't necessarily feel good at first hand and you know like something i tell people who are interested in protecting themselves or, or they're interested in reclaiming in some way or they have this desire to know more about this quote unquote dark side i'm like well start in the light if you love the light look yes. at the flame the flame can burn the flame has so much power The the sun itself, you can't even look upon it, you know what I mean? But it will scorch you, you know? So that is like a gateway to some of these ideas where it's like, there is duality even in the thing that we think is the highest, you know? So true. And we were actually, we just did a, 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 a small retreat at the studio this weekend. And what one thing we talked about is we've been conditioned to think that all of the quote unquote evil exists in the darkness where I think it's actually the most scary evil there is, is that that exists in the lightness and who yeah. are unapologetic about just being seen and, and almost that's the scary because they exist in the light. People don't recognize it as evil. And so there's like this ignorance that comes with like everything, you know, in the light is, is of, of highest esteem. Yes. It's so interesting how we've pushed that way. You know, I guess it's just because of what we can't see, you know, like we don't mm -hmm. want to look out a window at, at night because we don't know what will look back kind of thing. So it's inherently, yeah. inherently like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this, you know? Um, but yeah, like you said, the things that we can see, I mean, narcissism, uh, just people's negative eye, uh, people's negative perceptions, yeah. people's general, you know, walking around the world and thinking poorly about others. Um, we're constantly being bombarded by things that, uh, you know, even people that are self-righteous, you know, they think they're doing the right thing and they're, they think they're speaking mm -hmm. from a place of love, but they're condemning or, judging or you know saying someone is could go to hell in my opinion that's ultimate baneful magic.com yeah you know if you're gonna work with someone's soul and damn someone's soul if you're going to that level you are a malefic practitioner and <laughs> i don't care what your faith is if you're wishing people right. to die eternally in their soul that is evil you know, that doesn't come from yeah. love or Christ or anything good. <laughs> right. Not very Christ-like. Yeah. And I mean, the fact is, is there are, you know, 
higher vibrational, lower vibrational beings uh, and spirits and entities. And, you know, to be clear, neither of us are denying that, that there are going to be different vibrational beings and spirits that you can connect to. And obviously that's why we educate ourselves and we do things like protection magic and cleansings and clearings and things like that. But to relegate it simply to the darkness, I think is, is naive. For sure. And that you make an awesome point that, you know, understanding it is also an ability for us to be prepared. You can be gentle, but ready. You know, there's some, uh, yeah. I can't remember this, this Shaolin monk's name, but one of his quotes is something along the lines of like, always keep the Buddha heart, but know the demon fist. And I love that because like, if you can be strong in your physical body, if you can be strong in your mind and strong in your magical practice, nothing's gonna touch you, you know what I mean? Building things, these things up and understanding the things that could happen give you an inherent protection. And I saw that within my last job too, you know, being in the laboratory where it's like, I'm looking at really scary things. I worked with disease, you know, in blood and body fluids and looking at certain things you know, and, and analyzing th certain things and something even being on my hands where it's like, I'm, I, I ha have touched mad cow in my life. If you can believe that <laughs> I was working with someone's specimen <laughs> and I was like, you know, putting the CSF on a slide or whatever. And I was just like, Oh my God, like the level that I have come in my fear over disease, just because I know about it now is yeah. amazing and i think magic spirituality the dark side all this stuff like the more you know about it the more you can notice it protect yourself from it prevent things and also protect your just generally protect your energy and be two steps ahead of it Ooh, that's it and that's the difference of doing magic when you need something versus living a magical life you know yeah I I, yes, I think it is a lifestyle. I mean, I don't, I'm obsessed. So <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I can't speak because I literally, that's, that's all I do all the time. Uh, it's my job. It's my hobby. It's my spirituality. It's like all, everything now. Um, but that is, it's, it's fantastic because it's given me, uh, it is my number one interest, but also learning when to set it down and be like, okay, I need to take a break from this, take a step back. <laughs> you know, go to HEB, whatever, I don't know, like mundane living uh, now is like where I have to actually put my gaze to because I'm always thinking like, how would I approach this in a magical way? Um, so good to take breaks. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's all about that healthy balance. It's all about, I mean, isn't that kind of the balance of the masculine, the feminine, the mundane and the magic, the Again, back to the yin and the yang. So we are humans here having a spiritual experience. If we just wanted to be spirits having spiritual experience, we wouldn't have reincarnated Physical here on the earth. So we have to, <laughs> yes, yes. So we, that's, unfortunately, we can't just uh, ignore that aspect of ourselves. So, uh, but I love the idea of if you live a magical lifestyle, you are setting yourself up to already be prepared to already be able to handle issues versus when you wait for your life to turn to shit. And then you decide you're going to start worrying about your, your magical hygiene or your energetic hygiene. Um, yes. Then that's going to, that's going to have you on a roller coaster. So 
100% and knowing when it's time for it. You know, one thing about owning the shop that is, has been new for me because I'm a new business, obviously. So I'm kind of like, oh, I need to survive. I need to have clients. I need to have, you know, these things set up. But noticing when someone comes in and what they're telling me and being able to say, is this the answer is something that's Ooh. new for me because some people come in with problems that are outside of the scope of magic. You know, it's something that they need to take it down a notch, maybe something like meditation or, you know, relaxation techniques or just talking to someone uh, might actually be a much better path than doing a spell. And, you know, when I first started, I was just, oh yeah, here, take this spell, take this candle, take this herb. You're like, yes, we can address yeah. it this way. And then as I have been zooming out and, you know, some feedback from certain situations, I've been like, oh yeah, you know what? This situation wasn't for that. Like, we shouldn't have talked magic at all. And um, that is something that um, has been growth for me. And I want to, you know, become more aware of those signs. I'm really concerned with, you know, the ethics of magic and the ethics of, of our spiritual practices in the witchcraft realm, because like you and I have talked before, scams, uh, people preying on other people's vulnerability. Um, you know, how do we as practitioners have foresight about someone's situation, but don't bombard them with information that's going to make them more anxious or not feel better at all? What is in that person's highest good? Is it in this tea that I could make them or do they need to go talk to someone? Oh my gosh, that's so timely because someone, we have a, a online virtual community called the Multiverse and uh, someone had posted a question recently about spells for depression and anxiety. And, you know, my response was like, you shouldn't be looking for like a spell for this. This is something that actually has to be like a lifestyle um, reflection and also probably dealing with a therapist. And, you know, you could probably, yes, drink this tea to calm your nerves. Right. Um, you know, burning this candle with intention can be helpful in tandem with uh, work outside of, of like a, a, a spell book. Absolutely. And, you know, holistic medicine, witchcraft, these are all things, these are systems of nourishment is what I tell people now is like, this is something that's giving you a, a hug around your life, around the things that you're dealing with, but you are the one that has to get to the crux of the issue. <sighs> and you are the magic at the end yeah. of the day. It's, it's you that's going to make the thing work or not. It's not the candle. It's not the tea. It's not the thing you're going to buy. It's you. These are adornments to nourish our tree of spirituality, nourish our tree of hum humanity, um, what we find beautiful. And you can assign meaning to anything, you know, but rabbit holing, uh, on, like, you know, you mentioned anxiety, for example, like that's something I've dealt with for forever. I, I have it um, since I was a kid and um, I use it in my magic now, which is amazing. Come to a new place where, my own fear is now my greatest protector. And I have kind of really pivoted the idea that this thing is destroying me. So magic has been 
cognitive behavioral for me in a sense where I've isolated a problem and I've been like, <laughs> okay, no, that's, that is my energy, but I don't need it to burn me up. So repurposing, uh, you know, changing, changing how that is, but knowing when it's too out of control or knowing when it's hit a threshold where it's like, I need to, I need help. I need an external thing. Uh, you know, it's really challenging to know when that threshold happens for a lot of people. Uh, and it's especially challenging for someone externally, unless they're a pro medical professional to be like, oh, this person needs this level of intervention. So yeah, I agree with you. It's um, it's a challenging thing to hurdle, but it's possible to supplement your life with both, you know? Right. Yeah. Don't look for one to replace the other. Um, and also, this is why I consider movement a form of magic, because we can experience so much shift and transformation through somatic processing and, you know, teamed with the energetic um resonance of spell work of of witchcraft and you combine those two and you can have a really effective uh processing and recalibrating however yes let's be mindful um of when we are trying to bypass doing certain works by lighting a candle for sure or rest just resting you know there's yes blessing and just chilling out too you know I love the movement aspect right. and you know I love that about your practice too because I think you're really on this path of knowing the power of the physical body and it's just as powerful as the spiritual body you know it's as above so below everything is not only reflective it's one and the same your body is a spiritual vessel and I I think that's so cool and i want to get into more of those practices because i'm so cerebral i'm so technical that i'm like maybe <laughs> i just need to go for a run <laughs> you know maybe i need to go for a walk maybe i need to dance you know do some yoga uh there's so much power our body's a key you know just ready to unlock mm -hmm. magic Right. Absolutely. Well, you're welcome to come move with us anytime. Uh, oh, that's but so sweet of you. <laughs> yes, I absolutely agree. And in the age of Aquarius, where we are like an information overload and cerebral madness and just everything, I want to learn all the things, hear all the things, read all the things. Um, it's imperative that we also honor, you know, the element of earth. <laughs> The, the the grounding the rooting in our own bodies so absolutely that I, that's yeah that is i'm really loving grounding right now too that has been you know that's something that has been talked about since the beginning of all this stuff right and it's something i've never put into practice until now um and really I, yeah like the last year i was like what really is the difference between grounding myself and meditating or mind body connection. And I, and now I, I got it. <laughs> and it's literally the physical connection with the earth, you know, like it's, there's right. no separation from the charge of your body and the charge of the ground. And you rebalance just simply by having a connection with it, standing on it, sitting on it, dancing on it, you know, however you want to, to do it, just getting your feet physically on the ground. Uh, which inherently takes the mind back into the body, you know, and I, 
it's amazing how simple it is because you know kind of like we talked before i'm i'm very out there so i've always looked really outwardly and up high for answers but nine times out of ten the answer can be as simple as just putting your feet on the ground like you don't actually have to do all that stuff out there to to find enlightenment and we were kind of talking about that earlier because i think that witchcraft and you know the magic of the middle ages that i was kind of talking about these western systems of western mystic traditions are forms of enlightenment practices you know many look to the east for answers and i love the east and i love yoga and um uh you know traditional chinese medicine and all all of these things but we could also look to the earth itself just simplistically like mm -hmm. i mentioned with having your feet on the ground you know the sun the earth the moon and just the basic orbiting of the planets can actually be an enlightenment system on its own uh and i think witchcraft is one too absolutely this idea of even this is where herbalism comes in this is where working with crystals comes in uh this is where you know calling upon the elements and our astrology um and again it's so funny i was just saw a video this morning about someone saying that you know there's there's god and light and then there's the devil and how astrology is the work of the devil and i'm just like i just does not comp does not comprehend yeah. how something like astrology and studying the energetic uh aptitudes of of the the planets in the sky has anything to do with not god if god created all things and it's like this fear tactic of like don't learn to know yourself better don't learn to understand that god is the natural world the earth the all that is think of it as an entity in the sky that's judging you and damning you to hell like how controlling is that yeah i think i mean it's maybe not at a grand scale but i do see it and maybe it's owning the shop and the curious onlookers that occasionally come in people i think are starting to see who the real devils and demons are you know yeah. it's the manipulation you know it's people telling you not to think outside of yourself and to listen to them uh that that yeah. isn't the answer you know you have to and it again brings me back to that core word of authenticity that we were talking about earlier i think that you know no one's gonna like you until you're all the way yourself and then when you're all the way yourself you're gonna want to be like get away from me <laughs> like people <laughs> you know that's how everything works you know and people that see that in other people want to snuff it out they and they mm. do it to children unfortunately the most in their art in their curiosities and in their interests and someone who had it snuffed out in them they see it they want to snuff it out and they use these very like arbitrary examples like you mentioned about something being like the devil like you can't even see this thing right like but that's what they're gonna la latch on to but you know what i can see i can see the ground i can see the earth i can see the sun i can see the moon i can literally mathematically point out these systems i can see what's going on here and to tell me that i need to go with something i can't see is bullshit <laughs> you know, yeah. that's my rebuttal now whenever anything latches <laughs> on that way <laughs> yes and how can something that was created you know by a, a source or a god um how can we relegate that that's if, but if you work with that like herb or if you 
you know, look to the planetary pool, like now that's evil. But yeah, I think anyone, and that's why also people will come to us and ask, um, you know, what are you Wiccan? And I always say, you know, we are no spiritual dogma. You can be whatever you want. You can, we have Christians, we have, you know, people who are Jewish, we have, you know, people who are just claim spirituality, pagans, whatever, mm-hmm. because the natural world doesn't care. It still exists and it's still, you know, and so, um, I am always really clear to, to be like, you have your belief system and be wary of anyone who tells you that you have to follow them to a T because no one has all the answers because everyone has a unique human experience. And going back to, you know, the middle ages, you know, the, the phrase, know thyself, that's to me what you were kind of getting at before that this idea when I use these systems to understand myself at a deeper level, that's for true expansion. And when I think that's what people see where they get scared. For sure. Um, I, I, and I love the know thyself thing. And it's so interesting, like all the problems of humanity have been discussed over and over and over and over. Like none of these things are, are new, the problems that have come up, but people have created dogma and, other systems to try to be like, oh, this is how you deal with it. Uh, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm anti-dogma, anti, you know, uh, rules when it comes to spirit. The spirit knows no bounds. It knows yeah. no constrictions. Like humans know constrictions. And, you know, on that note, we also look, and with my own practice, like looking to the past, you know, looking to these old systems, I only do it for inspiration. I will never yeah. take everything as 100% because it's, it's kind of like, would you go back to the Middle Ages and go get your appendix? No. Like, no, you're <laughs> never going to go there and have surgery. Um, so learning from now and like really bringing those, that, those tools forward into modern life and being like, how does, you know, this queer witch in 2023 see what these christian mages were doing in the 1400s in their hierarchical ways and make it my own you know (laughs) oh my gosh that is like to me that's the fun part um i think a lot of people default to tell me what to believe tell me what to do because people are so used to systems whether it's the educational system whether it is religious systems or you know raised in a family where you were you're your life was dictated. Well, this idea of sovereignty, I think is new to a lot of people. And this idea that like, wait, I can have a belief system based on my own uh, intuition or based on my own experiments of what works and what doesn't, and it doesn't have to look like anyone else. But that's like when you're going to fight, because not everything works for everyone. Everyone is unique individuals. 100%. You have to take your own programming and your own perception and harness it into something that assigns what's going to happen. Um, Aligns with your joy, makes you experience happiness in this life. Because I, I personally believe that the point of life is joy. Like, I want to have as much fun as possible. I want to enjoy this experience. I'm not concerned with what's after this because I don't know. But I do know that I can experience great things in this world. And, you know, despite the challenges, the goal is always, let's have fun. Let's have a great fucking time. <laughs> you know? 
I love that. I know I feel so bad for people who adhere to spiritual systems that like strip that of their lives, you know? Um, oh my wouldn't God, you... the idea that sin is, is fun? Like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. What? Yes. And this idea also when you do magic, when you are enjoying it, when you are having fun, when you can get even a bit cheeky or irreverent, to me, my experience is that strengthens your magic because you're disarming a little bit and you're releasing this, um, any kind of fear or resistance because it just seems so silly and it just seems so airy fairy that, um, you release these blocks, you, you, you take, you, rip down this wall of like resistance of like, it can't happen. This is too serious. I did it wrong. When you can just have fun sure. with it all of a sudden, you just, your resonance increases and you release, you release any like boundaries around it. I love it. I love that. And what that is a, if I have any dogma, it's one thing. And that's one thing is I will never deflate my craft. If I mess up, I don't believe in backfire anymore. I, it's something that I don't even subscribe to. I'm not going to tell myself that my art that is of my heart, of flowing through my hands, that's of God, that it could backfire on me. Like, I refuse. And I think, you know, and I, I love, you know, I don't mean to like, there's Christians out there that are great people. But, um, you know, I think about <laughs> Christians at large, right? And what, this is something my best friend always says is like, would they ever tell themselves that their prayer is going to backfire? No, right. they just do it. But we have so much rhetoric in the witchy spaces that something could go wrong or that you didn't do it right. Or you didn't follow, you didn't use the right candle, you used a yellow candle. What's going on? You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's not correct. I think that, you know, if you your instinct said to use the yellow candle, if you mapped it out, it's your art. I mean, that's why they call it the craft. It's your craft. Mm. You're literally making something from your subconscious inner world with your own programming, your own perception, and putting these unseen thoughts, they're not real, and they're taking their first step into reality. So don't ever deflate it. You know, that's, that's my big dogma is don't deflate your magic. Never speak poorly of it or think that it's working against you because it's your art. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know I've said like, I promise you're not going to summon a demon if you use a blue candle instead of a pink candle for a love spell. Like it's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a lot more intentional build. that to get the demons. You know, I have, you know, like the chopped challenge, like the cooking shows where it's like make a recipe using the, like, I don't know, they're like a Snickers bar, a, a, a stick of celery, and some butter, and you got to make something <laughs> out of it. I swear that I have a unique ability to do that with witchy tools now, and I could turn that blue candle into a love spell. No problem. You know, I get the ocean, yes. origin, energy, the sky, you know, the vastness within me. That is love, you know what I mean? Drawing that thing in. So there's always a way, you know what it's, I mean? Something can be tied back. Yes, the idea of like bringing creativity to the craft is huge. This idea of like, how can you make, it's like Tim Gunn, make it work moment. And you just having like the basic... <laughs> Have the basic understanding of how magic works and then use your creativity. Like I love when we have classes where it's like forced creativity um, and I'll be like, you have this and this, 
what kind of spell are you going to do with this? And, you know, hearing how, what people will come up with. And it's like, it, yes, it opens it up and it kind of um, makes it more accessible to people. And hopefully it makes people feel more sovereign in their ability to create their own spells and to dictate their own form of witchcraft. Um, and this is something you kind of had hinted at before and that I wanted to talk to you about um, because you and I both get this and you get it a whole lot more than me, but I get it enough where it drives me fucking bananas where we get on social media, scam accounts, copy our accounts almost to the T, uh, but there's an extra letter or space or something. They go ahead and they follow all of the people who follow us. And then those who followed them back, thinking that we followed them, they then start messaging through DMs and scaring the living. Well, first it starts, hello, love. Uh, And I say, I've never (laughs) called anyone. I never said grand rising love to anyone in my entire life. So if you got a DM that says grand rising love, it's not me. Uh, Never. (laughs) And then they'll go in and they'll say, oh, my heart was pulled to you like, you know, that, that your energy was calling, like, can I do a reading? And then they, they spiral. And then they say, Oh, you have a dark energy that's preventing you have sadness, I can remove and it's like praying. Yeah, like we're humans, we all have sadness, like, yeah, we're humans, like we all feel like we desire more and they feed on people who think it's us. And who's like, some of these people have ruined yours and my reputation because some people never realize that it wasn't us and think that we're kooks and that we're like soliciting them in their DMs. But this idea um, that this is is where uh, I went deep with it that I have found such stress on one hand, no, not victim blaming. Um, This is a fucking shitty practice. It goes back to the Nigerian prince uh scam an email with this yeah, idea that fr- fr- sense yes oh my gosh and it's like, it's you like know, the oldest scam in the scams- book for sure scammers be scamming but what frustrates me the most is that people are willing to throw hundreds if not thousands of dollars at these scam artists versus just coming and taking a class or or coming and getting some witchy supplies and doing their own magic. And I get gotten so many people who are like, oh, I, I've that will I've actually had people call. I've sent them four hundred dollars. And I'm like, but you've never spent thirty dollars on a class with me. So right. it's interesting that you know, and again, like this isn't meant to be cruel or blaming or anything, but just thought provoking of how we have no money to do the things sometimes that are really going to sh- create meaningful shift by us sovereignly showing up and doing the work versus I all of a sudden have a lot of money to give someone who's just going to make my problems go away, which well, is like I, not a thing. <laughs> I think so much of it is the scammers are appealing to uh, two things you know, ego, other people's ego, um, by coaxing. And if that doesn't work, if they can't get the ego, then they prey on the fear. They prey on the, uh, the vulnerability, the situ- you know, someone's, you know, situation in life that makes them scared or sad or whatever. And it, those two methods work 
very wonderfully, right, in sales. Uh, and you and I don't do that. Like we're not looking, we're looking to boost people into authenticity. Uh, so that can't ever be our tactic. But <laughs> it is interesting that it works so well. You know, I, I had a scenario recently where someone said they gave $1,000 to the person who was impersonating me. And it's like, um, you know, hearing that information kind of hurt my feelings in the sense that like, this scammer is selling me better than I'm selling myself. You know what I mean? I was like, where is this coming at? Because like, I, I was like, right. this is me, you know, he's selling me, but they're believing them and they're not listening to me. So what's the difference? And, and I'm like, the difference is that they're appealing to a different part of the psyche, a different part of the emotions, and it's evil. And I believe in divine right, you know what I mean? I believe about earning money through divine right. Everything I've ever done has been about what do I agree with? What do I align with? The only kind of customers I want to come into my store are people that I align with. Um, I am big on creating boundaries against things that are going to keep other people uh, unsafe or feel threatened. So this scenario has been really challenging for me because it is it is creeped in, right? Um, but I'm going to say the power of the cease and desist is amazing. Um, and I don't send it to the scammer. I send it to Instagram. And I had seven impersonators. And Instagram has been very good at deleting them the second they get that cease and desist. So to creators oh, that's that That's good to know. Because I couldn't I just, get them to put it down for anything. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate having to send that level of a letter uh, but I got one drafted, you know, that uses my business. And, uh, you know, I think that it's important that witchy creators know that they can do that, you know, go contest yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, just go to that next level. Like, because at the end of the day, Instagram isn't acting. They're not taking the accounts down. People are being preyed on uh, money. There's transact. It's fraud. It's enabling fraud. And if they don't mm -hmm. act, I think that they should be held accountable. And that's what my cease and desist says. <laughs> so uh, I got seven accounts removed that were impersonating me in the last month from wow. doing that. So um, it's a great thing to have in the arson. And also don't forget, Known you it. can hex them too. <laughs> like not Instagram, <laughs> but the scammers, you know. <laughs> if I you just, need to. Your magic, your choice. Right. I, uh, yeah, it's, well, that's good to know that that is an option for next time this happens, which I hope it doesn't, but it is so infuriating. And it's exactly what we talked about before with people having you fear eternal damnation in hell and fearing that your soul is 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 going yeah is going to hell that's the same tactic that these scammers are using that you have a dark entity you right. have something blocking you and i can remove it yes this you know my work can remove it or, you know, this belief system can remove it. And fear is such a powerful control mechanism. And so I always try to like step back every now and then and say, where am I acting out of fear? And where's this fear being instilled? And how is it controlling me and keeping me from living in like my, yeah, my, my divine higher power? Because when people are trying to freak the, you the fuck out, 
They're probably trying to control you in some way. And in our instance, trying to get you to send them some money through Cash App to all of a sudden dissolve all of their problems. And those behaviors can be seen in even more advanced ways, you know, in the workplace, like bad leadership, things like that. People use these energies all the time. Everyone is inherently magical. Your enemies have just as much access to magic and control of energy as you do. Learning how to combat it and learning when to see it is like, I don't know. It's a skill that they're, they're getting me occasionally. Yeah. I got a scam the other day. Someone sent me a text being like, um, we need your code for your bank because we saw an unauthorized charge of $5,000 or something. And they're like, we're sending you a code. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I typed the code in and I was like, wait, don't hit send, you know, and I went back to my bank and there ah. was no transaction. So I was like, oh my God, like they get very creative. Ooh. And so yes. they're either going to work with a process that already exists in place that you think is trustworthy question everything question everything <laughs> or they're gonna go with your fear or negative emotions or your ego like those are the options and they swoop in and they're really creative um and it's really unfortunate but that's the world we live in so we got to be on guard <laughs> and you know what it brings it back to this is where like understanding your foundational witchcraft and magical uh, methodologies and practices and having, I always say, an understanding of how it works. I want to know why the green candle. I want to know why the, you know, Valerian. I want to know yeah. why am I placing my altar in this direction? Because when you understand that, then you understand the basis of magic and you can see it happening outside of the witchy community. You see it in politics. You see it in advertising. You see yes. it in, you know, it's relationship dynamics. And so like, it's to me, when you learn magical and witchy foundation, it applies beyond your spiritual practice. And you're yes. just like, you can't unsee things. You take that it's blue pattern. pill and you're like, it's all over. <laughs> 100%. It's yeah. I think it's a pattern recognition. It does all go outward. And a lot of these systems were really mathematical, you know, like especially astrology. So there's some inherent, not to get dogmatic, but there is some inherent determinism, I guess, with them because math rules these systems. So if you can oh. get it back down to a number, it's like, wow, well, that number means this. And, you know, um, so yeah, it's very interesting how, how that is, but, um, your, do you do that too? Or are you always like, yeah, sorry, go no, on. No, yeah, the power of the mind is. Oh, I was just going to say, say, are you the person? <laughs> oh. We have a glitch or something. Sorry. <laughs> there's a slight delay in the podcast, y'all. So <laughs> if you're like, oh, gosh, they're just talking over each other. Wade, you go. <laughs> so um, I guess I, I was just going to say the power of the mind is above all. That's That was my last thought on that piece. <laughs> I agree. And then I was just going to say, are you the type of person that always like reduces numbers down to its essential number to try to get the numerological uh, association? That's when you yes. know that when I'm just constantly like looking at numbers and like, ooh, the, the what's the association? I mean, we'll have to do a whole other episode on the, the sacred yeah. geometry and numerology. And, oh, it's fascinating. I would love to talk yeah, on that sometime. I think it's fascinating. I think all the numbers correlate with the dimensions too, you know, so everything uh, has a mirror. 
He brought up dimensions. Oh my gosh. We're like I mean, rabbit holing. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what we're gonna have to do? We're gonna have to have you on again and we'll have to call it like the blue pill pill, let's get weird and go down the rabbit hole yes. episode. Does that sound like a plan? <laughs> I loved it. yeah, we that's literally what we did today. And I, you know, we didn't plan these topics. So I'm kind of like, wow, we really did it. We went in, we solved all the problems of light and dark in one hour. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, whatever's meant to come up with these episodes come up and you're so knowledgeable. And so what I think we should do is let's like, let's go into those questions that I ask oh. everyone. Yeah, that's as we wrap up. So... First question, what is your personal mantra or source of daily inspiration? Well, you know, I cheated a little bit and I kind of said that answer earlier, but um, it, it changes. But the core of the last five years or so has been love is the greatest power of all. Everything I do is from love. But I, I also see my negative emotions from love, too. Um, you know, I've had a lot of fear. I've had a lot of anger. I've had a lot of sadness. Everyone has. But um, these emotions had caused problems in my life that, um, you know, grew out of uh, control at one point, right? And when I learned that they were actually acting from love, some kind of perception changed for me, uh, especially with fear. So fear to me now is actually my greatest protector. Uh, it loves me so much that all it wants is for me to be safe. So using fear, energy, and magic for protection workings has been a game changer. Literal fiery walls of protection with my own fear. And I learned that from reading King Tut's tomb, which is a short line that says something along the lines like, of, if someone should open this, may they, may they be filled with my fear. He made his own tomb a talisman of his fear. And then I, when I was thinking of that, I was like, you know what? They couldn't handle my fear, the shit that I've been through, the things that I felt. No one could handle it. It's actually a really powerful protecting force so shifted my power on the other side where now i have a very healthy relationship with with my own fear with the things that scare me same with anger you know anger was always keeping score anger was seeing you know when something wasn't right saying i wish this would have happened i wish you would have been safe it cared so much about me and we are just taught to turn the other cheek or to not have a response. So I think of anger differently now too. And I listen to it and I ask, what are you trying to tell me? What is unjust here? Where did something go wrong? What do I need to be aware of? So we are, are safe. Um, and then sadness, you know, is veneration. I think sadness just means that something was important. It meant something meant, means something. And when we lose something, it's sad and we grieve. So in depression, in grief, there is so much veneration. And that's in my practice where I put the ancestral altar, the, you know, offerings, um, anything where it's like things have moved into loss. It's that autumnal cycle. You know, the seasons always move. Energies always move. So those are, that is it. Love is the greatest power of all. And it can be seen within all things, even the darkest parts. 
I love that. That was so beautifully put. And now that makes sense why you, yeah, of course that you liked the idea of not confusing toxic positivity for being um, in command of your emotions, because it sounds like you learned to me, emotional intelligence is one of the most important skills we can learn as a human. And so many people lack it. So the fact that you have found this system through magic to be able to manage your your emotions is fucking powerful and the fact that you understood magic enough and trusted your creativity to read that king tut statement and figure out how to create your own spells i mean that's exemplary so i love it oh thank you you're so sweet but that was a game changer (laughs) that reading his tomb was literally like wait a minute we can do that (laughs) i was like oh yes you can that's so uh, and people are going to find that really helpful so thank you for sharing of course yeah uh, my pleasure yes and then i have to ask what is your favorite sensuous indulgence uh, i love that question it's uh, I, that question <laughs> is giving like uh black philip you know like what's uh, <laughs> that like to live deliciously? deliciously you're my lady at the crossroads i love it um i love all of it i love every indulgence i you know food sex drinks it's more about like you know noticing the chains where i kind of am like i don't like to overindulge but i love indulging on uh on any of the pleasures that life has to offer unapologetically and you know feeling good because they do they all feel good yes it's that having that healthy um well and here's the thing when you have a healthy relationship with pleasure like that you really do tend to have more power over things like like addictions or overindulgence or um giving it because a lot of times when you have an unhealthy association with pleasure you don't know when to stop right and it it comes to an, an unhealthy level and so i love this statement of like i love indulging in pleasure and it is my 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 earthly right it is and i I love that question too because it reminds me of the the man in black or um you know the man at the crossroads or the lady at the crossroads kind of offering you the world and um you know this puritanical pressure to say you can't have it or you're a sinner or things will go awry should you indulge you know like let your hair down you know enjoy this short (laughs) life (laughs) and yeah what you said with addictions a lot of that is about permission because you use the word Mm -hmm. sovereignty a lot and you can't be sovereign to the alcohol to the sex to the every whatever it is you got to be sovereign to you so you're shopping the money right any aspect like you have to put yourself first that stuff feels great you're not sovereign it is not sovereign to you you know yeah yeah love it yeah no rulers addiction (laughs) addiction is a real thing so get so seek treatment if you have addiction um don't just do a candle spell (laughs) (laughs) yeah candles and addiction are yeah you you probably need to address it in a different way it's that but hey i actually i love i love a prayer and hope for all things so it it can add it can supplement do it in tandem nourish nourish the tree that's the body Yes. All right. And finally, what does living fully in your power as a witch look like to you? So 
interesting with the last thing that we talked about, my answer is actually related, um, but it's revocation of access. Um, I think that a huge part of my practice and power comes from knowing my thresholds of energy and where do I stop with people, mm -hmm. places, magic itself, entities, energies, dimensions. There, I want to be in control. So one of my daily practices is I come home and at the end of every day, I have a little mantra where I say, I revoke all access from any person, place, or thing during my day where I may have given permission consciously or unconsciously or subconsciously back to me and just do a, you know, basically a mini power recall because there's so many points throughout our day where we people please or we aren't feeling that great and we mask or we, we shift our energy to appeal to society and, um, there's just natural vampirism within all things with everybody, you know, we breathe air, you know, and we take from, you know, we eat food, everything takes from something, it has to get energy from something else. So it's a natural process, but it can leave you drained if you just are walking around blindly with it. So a huge core of my practice is to every day revoke that access. And that comes back to liberation. I want to be liberated and be sovereign, like you said, to myself with no rulers, uh, reclaiming my path as my own, reclaiming my power. So that that's, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And revocation is the word that I use. I'm like, I revoke the permission because uh, I'm, I'm just someone that naturally is very nice to people. And sometimes I'll get carried away in the like, oh no, I just gave everything away you know that i didn't mean to give and then i'm drained at the end of the day and uh you know being mindful of that has really brought me to a place of uh autonomy now and um i and we've said all the authenticity sovereignty those are core staples and then leading to your liberation ah uh. I love it. I have a very similar ritual, but I'm going to add to it the revoke permission verbiage, if you're okay with me appropriating Please. that because yes. yeah, at the end of the day, we got to cleanse off that residual energy, not our own and call ours back. But I love that wording. So yeah, it's, it's like a thing because we want to be nice. We want to be kind. We want to do the yeah. right thing. And there's this unconscious level of permission we give in a hundred scenarios a day, even checking out at the grocery, even, you know, bumping someone in the shoulder. I don't know. Like we make these bonds and, and then it, it leaks energy. It makes us, you know, end up have a drain. Some of it's natural and some of it is we're our own worst enemy, you know, and it can get even bigger, bigger scales depending on what someone might be dealing with. And I think that I've been at places in my life where I've really let that just be like, I was, it was like a tire. I just felt so deflated by society. And uh, now I'm just all about like, is this going to take from my energy? Is it going to take from my time? Is it going to take from my money? Is it, you know, I think of all of the possible scenarios where something could leech from me. My and I, joy. I, your joy. Yes. If something is seeing you as a resource, if it's a person, place thing that's not the answer i say no <laughs> i i don't Ooh. do it i don't proceed if i'm the resource <laughs> oh that 
That's awesome. And I love our, actually our archetype of the month here in November of 2023 at the studio is the divine liberator. So I love that liberation love kept it. coming up because I think people listening to this will actually can start seeing that archetype in an expanded way. So. I love it. That is the archetype. And if, if, if anyone wants a suggestion on, on a, an archetype, Aradia was the original name of the shop. I was going to name the shop Aradia, who is, you know, the daughter of Diana, who is the, a goddess, but an earthbound goddess of witchcraft. And she came to earth to liberate people through magic. And I love her as an archetype because it's really punk rock. It's about, you know, liberating from the oppressor, liberating from slavery, burning the crops of the people who control them. Like it's like really intense stuff. And I love her as an archetype. She's changed my perspective of magic at large. I love that. Definitely going to share that with all the witches who I know are going to love this podcast. So Wade, thank you so much for taking the time thank to chat you. with us. Yes. I want to give um, you the opportunity. How can people find you? How can they well, appropriately not steal your energy, but <laughs> not vampirically stalk you, but just appropriately? <laughs> Coming to the shop, I, I love meeting people. I love having people. I love talking to people. Um, and that will never steal my energy. And I have good boundaries when it comes to that. So coming to the shop itself in San Marcos um, at 323 West Hopkins in the back of the building. Um, or my social media, Wade.Vetiver on Instagram. And I'm also on TikTok. Wade Vetiver is my username there. I'm a little more raw and kooky on TikTok. I think that I just do whatever on TikTok. But Instagram is definitely focused around the store and more of my magical ideas and things like that. So I uh, love the Instagram. <laughs> Check them both out. And I'm going to also share, you're having a virtual class that oh, I'm going to yeah. sign up for. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Uh, yeah. This coming Monday on the 13th, 7.30 PM. Yeah. Yeah, and there'll be it's a virtual class on like the foundations of witchcraft and magic, and there'll be a replay if you can't make it live. I know that we already have something going on at the studio, but I'm going to sign up for the replay. So, oh, you're so sweet. Well, I'll send you a yeah. little code after this, so I, you ah, can just no, come no, on. no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, no, no. I support magical practitioners. So, so ah, wait. Thank you so much. This is such an amazing thank conversation. You. Likewise. Yes. I loved it. Love the energy. You're wonderful. I love seeing you online. Thank you for everything. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Boop. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to end the recording, but I always do that. And I forget to say, I'm not actually going to.